da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Well, this episode is about seven years in the making now. The After Earth episode of Ma'am. What occasion is better than our bad movie marathon? It's continuing, guys. And it might continue into next week, because it looks like we got a new release this week from Josh Trank. <laughs> so we might might actually, oddly enough, get a brand new movie in the Bad Movie Marathon pretty mm. soon. I'm excited. We don't have to... How do you know it's bad, though? Like, how can you tell? Uh, well, I, heard, I, hear, I hear A, Tom Hardy's inaudible, so what else is new? Okay. Mm. And B, Tom Hardy dumps in his pants in the movie too which i mean if you're doing an al capone story i mean that's mm-hmm. really pretty much the whole second act is right. defecation yeah brian and i you know can had a good strong couple years being pro linda cardellini but this one's back on brian and i's mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. what you get for breaking up Corey and topanga you that's gotta right. do this movie that's with right. tom Corey Hardy and Josh. <laughs> yeah you earned this hey team linda i'll stand by that it's worth it i had to see this movie eventually you know, I think this is kind of a legendarily <laughs> oh, bad movie, and after I hadn't Earth, seen yeah. it at all since, and, and you know, up until we did this review, and since it came out, and so mm-hmm. it was about time. I needed an excuse to do it. I surely wasn't going to do that on my own, in my own free time. It was going to have to be for the podcast in some way, so I read the book, The Big Picture, uh, a couple weeks ago finish that up and there's a there's a little section in there about some of the behind the scenes stuff with after earth that really piqued my interest and re- made me realize what a train wreck this entire production was you know from beginning to end really and so i'll read a little excerpt from from the big picture to kind of give uh, the listener a little bit of background on this so maybe a little dramatic reading richard style oh, nice. uh, towards the end of the episode so stay tuned for that but you got a dwarf voice or no okay i don't well, not interested. I don't. I, I've heard great things about Richard's dramatic <laughs> readings. Maybe we need to do uh, more of that in the VIP. Yeah, sure. I maybe mean, a little. Me, I got people uh, who are talented. Yeah, absolutely. Little Teddy Roosevelt uh, dramatic reading, no, maybe Richard. I'm going. I'm just going to do um, all. I, I'm, I will do a page of Don Quixote a day. Mm. No. <laughs> maybe a little twelve-hour Andy Circus yeah. uh, style yeah. Hobbit yeah. reading. Yeah, I would really test that dwarf voice. Yes. Well, I want you to read like Lord of the Rings dwarf voice, but only the song parts. That's what I want. Like some, some deep. Are you saying dwarf or dwarf? Because I like dwarf. Dwarf on golf was a big part of my. You choose, honestly. It's a choose your own adventure. All right, B. Did y'all ever see dwarf on golf? Because I like. I was big. When I was breaking into middle school, like dwarf was my comedic. Like that was the peak of, of yeah, anything same. I could achieve. Same. I Tim yeah. Conway was it great, was man. Tim Conway is great, and it is was great. Everything didn't he, was didn't great. He pass yeah, he passed last year or something. He was godfather of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, by the way. But um, but he he yeah. The the greatness is that so many people know him for the literally the bit is I put my knees in my shoes. And, oh yeah, and hilarity ensues. Great. Got a lot of hilarity as a kid from putting the knees on the shoes and doing bits. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a probably not underrated nineties. That was like the basically the uh, the dabbing of the nineties was. Absolutely. I'm going to pretend I'm a I'm a small person and little person. Absolutely. And 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 I love the 
how non PC it is. Like we say dwarf voice, but it's an actual dwarf from medieval times. It's not, uh, I wouldn't call ah. someone in modern times that obviously, but, uh, at the time in the nineties, I think that was the, or eighties, that was the preferred nomenclature for a while. So I love that they named the character dwarf. <laughs> Dorf, <laughs> really? Steve, it's uh, Stephen Dorf's actually related to Dorf, so that's oh, why. Wow. Who knew? It's just uh, <laughs> another nineties Dorf classic. Stephen Dorf. Dorf does dwarfs. Yes, it's, dwarfism yeah. is an actual. That's the, that's the actual name for a lot of it, it for is. a certain kind of certain kind of it. Yeah, of right. It. But it's limiting, so they they yeah. went to little person to be more. I went to like middle school with a kid with dwarfism, and of course, kids used to call him the M word. And he used to say, yeah. I'm not an M-word, I'm a dwarf. Like, he wanted to be called that. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Back in the day, that was the preferred, but then it's changed, which is, we, yeah. you know, we roll with the punches. We changed right. the times, we got it. So After Earth <laughs> is uh, <laughs> certainly a movie. What a guys. weird intro to yeah. After Earth. <laughs> great, great transition by me, the professional broadcaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is one that you guys saw in the theater and mm-hmm. I believe I'm lo- I'm looking up the numbers right now for it on the numbers. I believe it made like I don't know. It did, definitely didn't win the weekend that it was on. We had planned to do it. <laughs> it did, and not, I was out. Finished ahead of it. What did it finished third that week? Mm. Made uh, twenty seven million dollars. So not now bad you've seen for me third beat place, it, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, Fast Six got was number one at the box office. That's right. And then now you see me. <laughs> Now you see me got well, they got place. it was Kent's notes he gave them at that advanced screening. They were like, <laughs> they fixed it before they, they fixed put it, it out. Yeah. yeah, you guys don't realize this, but the cut Kent and I saw, none of the magic was real. Oh, um, wow, yeah, and you could tell from where because we we climbed up to the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, okay. We were watching, we watched the, the film kind of it perched was, like Spider Man up in the back, but uh-huh. uh, but but it was it was we were, really weird that they had like 12 minutes of footage shot from the balcony right mm-hmm. from the ceiling and i don't know why they did that i'm glad yeah. they cut it honestly made, made the movie better the experience more whole i would say can you imagine again like that guy was like a roadie slash tech person for chris angel mind freak <laughs> what a life yeah, yeah i know right <laughs> that's why they yeah. invited him to the screening because they needed <laughs> industry insiders to give mm-hmm. yeah. real opinions Told you now you three me needs to be directed by just the mind freak. <laughs> just directed by mind freak. They should get like if if like Teller was doing now you see me three, I would actually be hyped. Or David Cox. Like yeah, if they were consultants on it or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be in. Exactly. But uh I still think Magic Heist is kind of a cool idea, like, you know, at two AM after maybe a few glasses of wine, but uh not when it's all CGI. Mm-hmm. Kind of ruins the <laughs> ruins the aura a bit. But yeah, this made twenty something million that opening weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, and didn't it make like two hundred fifty million worldwide or something? Like some dumb. Yeah, it did. Like it did way yeah. better than you. It think did, it but did. it cost. Yeah, I'll no, get to I, that later. Um, yeah, but yeah, it cost at least two hundred to make. So uh, again, we'll get to that. But this is seen as a huge loss for the studio compared to again what we'll talk about later is what they expected for this movie to do and. What it, for it to be and what it, it was going to lead to and all that, but surprising that it lost to Now You See Me because After Earth made twenty seven point five million opening weekend. That means I don't remember Now You See Me making thirty or forty million on the first weekend, the first movie. I didn't I didn't realize it was uh, 
it was that well yeah, received was, right off the top. I thought it was kind of a slow build kind of a thing, if I remembered right. But I know there was a reason that we had flexed out of After Earth and into Now You See Me, other than the fact that, you know, it's it became what it became on our show. I knew there was like an actual logistical reason why we'd flexed out of it, but that makes sense looking back. Yeah, it was uh, that Now You See Me, I remember it being a deal that it, it finished ahead of a Will Smith movie. Like it came out ahead of that and everybody was like, Whoa, really? Is this good? And the answer was no. It's just that it was. <laughs> well, people love magic and heists. And when they mix. So we can combine those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that Will Smith movie, the after earth, it's, it, it was bad and marketing mm-hmm. really bad. Like the trailers weren't, it looked boring. Like mm-hmm. it was one of those, it wasn't one of those where you're, Oh, you get there. I was kind of surprised. Like, Oh, this sucked. It was, it was, Oh, this is going to be bad. Kind of going in. Uh, yeah, I remember it vividly because we had to go see it. This is what Kent's and Kent didn't. And I didn't. I was out. I was again. I was. Um, I, I think I was. I just flown over to study abroad, and then like yeah. the day or day after I got there, I was going to go see it. But then it was like either not showing or wasn't worth it or something. And then I, I know I ended up seeing Fast over there, and I ended up seeing um, now you not now you see me um, Man of Steel. I remember seeing Man of Steel when I was over there as well. But um, after Earth, yeah, I'm sad I didn't get to have that experience in London by myself going and see this movie and just walking the streets wondering about life afterwards would have been something very memorable. But, um, you know, fast forward seven years, here we are. I had to sit in my living room by myself and, and wonder and ponder life. So, you know. Tito just checks out. Trade-off. Nope, not doing this, bro. I'm out. I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I much prefer that than spending money on it. But it might have. It definitely would have helped the opening weekend had I gone to see it. It it made forty five point five percent of its total gross on opening weekend, which is what you want. And it was you definitely want like that was a low total. It made sixty million dollars domestically. They definitely thought that this was a sixty million dollar opening weekend. Oh, hundred percent at least. Sure, that was the floor. What's funny about that is, I mean, this was 2013. Mm-hmm. What's name? I know Men in Black 3 came out in 2012, but Will Smith was not not really a bankable star in 2013 even. So for them to think, oh, Will Smith is in this, so it's automatically going to make money is pretty naive on their part. Yeah, but I don't think we'd adapted yet to – the new paradigm on that. Like I, th- we were just really coming around on the whole concept of like, cause I mean, this still happens. You still see guys get casted because they're movie stars. And then, you know, the property is just, it either is good or isn't good. And you just kind of have, you're, you're stuck with it. But, but at this point, you know, Avengers came out the year before and, and we were super, we were definitely shifting to where the property mattered more 90% of the time than the face, but it wasn't quite there. I, this look, I'll say that I'll get to get this going. I we have seen so many bad movies over the last two months. I'm starting to believe that all movies are bad. Like I'm not sure there's any good ones any at all. We've just been wrong this whole time. But at least with this one, it's so so bad, so bad, and my grade's going to reflect that. But at least with this one, I think you can see like the the concept you can see the idea that is there somewhere and you say oh yeah that that's a movie that could work like there's no reason why i guess what i'm trying to say is there's this one is not one that stands out as like 
how did that even get made? Like, how did who decide? There's so many people in the process, and they all decided to green light this. How did that happen? This is one that's much more of the just horrific execution than the overall yeah. idea and concept. And in some ways, that's refreshing because we just got done watching Howard the Duck and Theodore Rex and this kind of thing. That just like, what in the world was anybody thinking on this? Um, and this one just is more of like. The standard, in my opinion, the standard very bad movie instead of the just full on uh, head scratching, what the crap are we doing type thing. And that makes me wonder why it made so little money. Does did that many people pay attention to the buzz surrounding movies before they go see them? Or does the average person just go look at the, you know, the local listings and say, oh, Will Smith in a mm-hmm. big sci fi action movie? I'm in. And then go see it. You know, that's why it surprises me that it made $60 million total mm-hmm. before it was out of there. I remember the, the buzz, buzz on this buzz was must have been really, really bad. bad. And that, mm-hmm. that didn't, I think it did permeate the, we talk about that all the time. Some movies, we hear way more than the average moviegoer does on this sort of stuff. And a lot of it doesn't impact the average moviegoer. This was one that I think really did permeate like the cultural zeitgeist of, oh, this is a bad movie. Um, and it still worked. It worked overseas because overseas is still is still even to this day uh, less than it used to be, but still bankable for a movie star. Um, but here, I think that I think that everyone knew this was a stinker before before it happened. And M Night Shyamalan, it, it's I, it probably had as much to do with M Night Shyamalan as it did the bad buzz. I think I think the, the the shine was off of him so badly by this point that no one no one could have expected. Um, that this was gonna be if you went to see this movie and expected it to be good, you you really had to be have kind of have your, your head in the in the sand a little bit because we really knew at this point, hey, this guy might not know what he's doing from a from a directorial standpoint at all. That's a good point, Brian. It might have been more about M. Night Shyamalan deterring people than it was Will Smith or the concept yeah. of this. That's a good point. So me, the first-time watcher. Kent's mm. initial thoughts on After Earth. Wow. What a piece of garbage this was. After, Mo- after, after Earth. Earth. More like After Birth. Oh, <laughs> Did it? Because nice. After Birth. Because you'd rather... You'd... Yeah, I get it. It was literally <laughs> sick. <laughs> I get it? <laughs> kind of an oaky After Birth. The, uh, <laughs> this was, you know, I, I've said on the record a lot of times, I love Will Smith as an actor. One of my favorite people to see on screen. I, I root for the guy so hard. I want him to succeed. I'm so happy he's sort of back in to doing what he is good at, at least, you know, with Bad Boys 3 and Aladdin being successful and, and some of that other stuff. But he could not have been less charismatic in this movie if he tried i think he was actively trying to be as as boring and unlikable as as possible i mean i was floored at how terrible he was in this movie like didn't even muster a a wink of a smile the entire time i i don't know why he had such a uh, such a tone of that and, and a weird accent and and so many questions for me but the thing that stuck out the most was like what why did Will Smith take this approach to this movie? Because I feel mm-hmm. like if you bring a little more energy to this, maybe it could work. I know the screenplay is garbage, and I mean, the production design is fine, I guess, and I can't blame M. Night Shyamalan for 
blocking the shots the way he did because it's pretty standard. You know, he didn't take many risks with this movie. But it's like the entire energy of the film in itself from beginning to end from an acting perspective is is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And it's the opposite of what you would expect f- to go see a Will Smith movie is it's no fun at all on any level. Sure. And I know it's serious subject matter and you know it's about death or whatever you want to say. It's an adventure movie. But, I mean, good grief, Will. Like, it felt like basically they CGI'd him as a younger version of himself from Gemini Man and threw him into this movie and just overdubbed his lines with lines that they already had from previous movies or something, you know? Like, it felt so robotic, and it was actually incredible how little he cared, it seemed like, uh, to be in this movie. But at the same time, this is a Will Smith passion project. Like, this was his Mm -hmm. idea to do it. And I was just blown away at how how bad. I mean, aside from Jaden, Will was, was awful in this. Good grief can't believe he he let this thing go to a, a wide audience with him looking like this and sounding like this and all that it it's mind-blowing to me that that was kind of my main takeaway from it was will was terrible Jaden, what the heck is i mean i understand will putting him in this but like this was kind of the end of Jaden as potential mm-hmm. movie star though so at least it gave us that yeah but he's killing the hip-hop game i don't know if you've been paying attention but mm-hmm. By the way, go look at Jaden Smith's IMDb photograph if you haven't seen it already. It's it's incredible. It's got quite the hairdo going on. Somebody let him leave the house like that. Uh, Jaden Smith is one of the more annoying people to ever come out of Hollywood. I don't know what it is with Will and Jada wanting their kids to be movie stars or stars so bad, but it's... I mean, the C- definitely seems like CPS needs to come and kids. swoop in and take those kids away yeah. because <laughs> and they put Willow Smith like in music videos and she was like 12 and stuff like just stop. I mean, these kids, they need a they need a, a choice to do what they want to do instead of trying to be the next Will Smith or whatever. And he can't act. Um, this is one of the more cringeworthy performances I've ever seen. That accent is just. I mean, it's like, it's like he's doing an old school Charlotte's Web country meets futuristic Cajun. Like, that's what it sounded like he was doing with this. I don't... And it comes and goes, too. It, like, slips <laughs> in and so out bad. through the course of the movie. And it's, it's, he's been in, he, he's probably, maybe he hasn't been in worse movies. This is definitely his best, his worst performance, I would say. It's just, it is it, painful. I mean, this make this makes Bright look like peak Will Smith, just from yes, an acting yes. standpoint. It's really bad. Yeah, Jaden. Um, yeah, certainly shouldn't shouldn't Jayden, shouldn't have, get, his star shouldn't have risen after this, and I don't think it did. I think this was the nail in the coffin of oh, this this guy could be the next Will Smith, and they're like, no, no, definitely not. And Will was the one directing him apparently with this. You know, he was yeah. the one. Guiding his performance. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're too close to it, man. Sometimes you're too close to it. Not the first parent to probably, yeah. you know, definitely not the first parent to guide their their kid astray when you're you're too close. But yeah, not a whole lot from uh, from uh, M Night either on mm-hmm. this. It's just you know, I don't know what's going on, but they they uh, there's a lot a lot of factors here, a lot of ego mm-hmm. here. 
and uh, it worked out how it worked out. Yeah, I mean, I think it furthers the, the the idea that we've I think we've all talked about in the past that that we all really like Will Smith and would like Will Smith to get back to be. I mean, for all of us, that's I mean, he's the the movie star of our of our childhood and stuff, and 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 we I think we all are rooting for him to to be good in movies. I he's just been so lost on what is and what isn't a good. He just doesn't he hasn't recalibrated the algorithm that that made the algorithm that made Independence Day and Men in Black and uh Bad Boy and all the stuff that we really dug in the 90s and then into the you know the early maybe even the mid 2000s he's still trying to operate with that same system and it it doesn't work now. I mean it's just not the math is different than it was then and and because of that I think he he is lost on what is and what isn't a good project. And and this is like the prime example, I think of how you could, uh, again, I don't think that the, the concept of this is terrible, but to make this your passion project, to pursue this so hard and to think that, that M Knight's the guy to do it and, and all that comes with it. It's just, it's just a lot of really poor choices that mix together into a pretty catastrophically awful movie. <laughs> One hundred percent, and you know, I, I know M. Knight. He says he took the blame for this afterward. That it was basically Will's movie, and Will was directing Jaden, and it was his whole vision. But I distinctly remember following M. Knight on Twitter at this time, and him tweeting like, "I can't wait to see for you guys to see what Jaden is doing in this movie." I mean. It's incredible to see this guy perform and do what he does. He's such a nat and all this kind of stuff, just talking this talking this kid up and talking Will up and like the the, the relationship between the, the two main characters is truly something to behold. I need to go back and pull some of those up actually, but I don't want to scroll mm-hmm. back in his Twitter that far. But I mean I distinctly remember being hyped for it and like, wow, maybe M Knight's he's turned the page in his career. Maybe Will Smith has turned the page in his career to something. But, you know, for this to be a movie about a father-son relationship, mm-hmm. I don't get that at all. I mean, Jaden calls him sir, like, the entire time. There's no there's no real emotion between the two at all. Will Smith, like I said, doesn't even muster an emotion, not let alone, a, a, you know, sadness or happiness or fear. It's just completely, like... His face is just like there on screen. There's no, nothing coming from it at all. Yeah. I think they're going for that kind of like Jason Bourne. Th- it's clearly purposeful mm-hmm. when you watch this. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to do a no. Mo- it's like that was a choice they made early. Um, and it doesn't. It's a, And that's the kind of thing where if you do that and it's bad, it's going to ruin the whole movie, which was already terrible. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a it's just a complete miss in terms of like what. Um, popcorn entertainment. Well, even it, even if the film was better than it is, um, you know, to to expect this to be a huge, massive, mm-hmm. uh, bring the whole family movie with this tone, even if it was a lot better, would be a miss. You know, because I mean, yeah, I mean, this is this is opening up against Fast Six. I mean, think about the difference between the joy of those two things and what you want to give your money to. Right. Now, not every movie has to be a rollicking good time, of course, but but. You know, you, there is an expectation of Will Smith um, that I'm going to have a good time in mm-hmm. here. 
if it's a summer release, even if it's sci-fi or whatever, um, even if it's more thoughtful and contemplative or whatever this tries to be, sure. I, I think that's just it's just bound to disappoint audiences. And there's another version of Will Smith that's you know kind of in these Oscar baity things sometimes when he decides to do that. And you you're a little more prepared for that going in, um, but you know this going opening up two weeks after Fast Six or something, you know that you're in that mode of like big silly will smith fun and then it's like you know coming off men in black three which was uh which was a uh big improvement i thought i meant off men in black two mm-hmm. and you're kind of like okay this was this is kind of uh we could we could do something you know Shyamalan's a little scary but he'll 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 mix one in every once in a while that's a lot more watchable than last and then you you know just totally this is such a such a misstep mm-hmm. instantly and then you instantly and then you go oh well, i gotta sit here for two more hours <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's so funny because uh, you know their vision of the future to me is it's pretty funny. A thousand years after Earth, I don't understand. Are these humans that left Earth but um, don't know about Earth or knew about it? But they are coming back like they left on basically, you know, like Noah's Ark situation where we have to get out of here, and, and then you come back because. Wouldn't language evolve? Wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't phrasing evolve? Wouldn't technology evolve? I mean, technology, it's very typical, like, futuristic technology that they use here. Like, I'm not... The, the coolest thing to me was the weapon that he had. I don't know what they call it. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Cutlass, which is a you know, classic car, the Cutlass. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty cool. I liked that. But I think Will Smith in the, mo- in the movie, uh, ever written down here... He, you know, Jaden gets bit by some kind of spider or something, and Will's like, "You need to give yourself a shot in the heart ASAP." Like, really? ASAP is a that's <laughs> a phrase we're using a thousand years from now on a distant version of the Earth. That that ASAP has has survived a thousand years of, of language uh, evolution. I, you know, I, I figured like. Yeah, maybe English is still the the language, but like there would have been some changes into the jargon of how people talk a little bit, and more than just the accent of oh, now we we talk like Southern Cajuners. It's it, it, mm. it evolves into like more about slang and and all that would would change some right. Like the writing of this was just so bad. I was <laughs> like laughing yeah. out loud at. Had a lot of the stuff that they were throwing out there, but that's just a, one example of many. Right, but I think that goes to the whole thing of how poorly this is laid out and the the execution on on the idea. Because you know, I mean, it, the, we, I say this all the time you you have to just don't give me a reason to question it. Right, like the whole like ASAP bit, like that. You're right. That's that sticks. Say out because, as soon as possible. Don't even well, ASAP I'm, because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's a thousand things up to that point that's like language has changed. We have all right. these new. I mean, everything is supposedly yeah, exactly. different. They paint themselves into a corner, right? Exactly, and that's like we're not going to pick that out if this movie's done well. Like we're not going to care about it. We're not going to say anything about it. You probably won't even notice it, but because your brain is like immediately flooded with the this is so bad, and then you start noticing everything, and, and the, so the execution, the, the structure of it is just so poor. They also fell into the trap, too, and this is, this, is, this is probably Will's biggest fault in all of this, is he fell in love with this idea 
and he had he had it in his head that this was going to be like a cross-platform franchise that this is going to be multiple movies and TV shows and comic books and books and all this sort of stuff. And so when you have that in your head, when you, when you, I mean, battlefield earth is like this a little bit in that there's no way you can have a clue what's happening. I mean, that movie is so bad anyway, it doesn't matter, but, but even if it was like passably decent in some respects, you wouldn't have a clue what's going on unless you, had background knowledge from this 800 page book and stuff. And that's the same thing with this. It's like, well, we, we wrote all these, uh, we, we, we did this huge backstory on how we got to this point and there's going to be books and comic books and maybe video games and things like that. that are going to explore the backstory. And that's all well and good in terms of like, we're going to have some, some spinoff and some development later. But if you go into the movie with the, with, with the, uh, the audience, like, I don't know, 20 steps behind what's actually happening. And then you do all these dumb, I mean, there's no chance. There's no chance of it succeeding. We haven't even mentioned, I can't believe we've gotten 30 minutes into this without even mentioning his name is Cypher Rage. Yeah. Oh gosh. Here's a, an exchange between Katai, Jaden and Cypher. Will. I'm just going to call him Jaden and Will. Cause I refuse to say Cypher and Katai. <laughs> hey dad hey that sucked that is correct yeah yeah it's uh, will will reads this worse than I this screenplay yeah. and he's like dude this is it man this is yeah this is the one this is uh let's go give me 200 million dollars let's do this give me m night mm. i promise i'll turn this thing around i'll do this you know come on sony it's honestly incredible, and I understand, like you said, I understand why this gets made, but like, are they automatically, do they automatically think that this is going to be Star Wars because it's sci-fi and nerds are nerds? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just throw yeah. this out there and like, dude, people are dumb. They'll they'll look into this. They'll be obsessed with it. We'll be at Comic-Con in two years talking about the sequel. Like, mm-hmm. trust me, like anything that's yeah. baseline has any kind of backstory or anthology aspect to it that people are just going to attach themselves to it. Like it, it, yeah. it treats the audience like, like you're idiots. I remember there's, it, 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 there's totally. a, there's a, yeah. a moment. I mean, they, they basically just, you know, spell out the plot for the audience directly or where, where Will is like, you need to retrieve the beacon or we are going to die. Repeat that back to me. And Jaden's like, I need to retrieve the beacon or we are going to die. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Now you must go retrieve right. the beacon. Like in the audience, like we know, gosh, we know I need to get the beacon. Yeah. You've said it five times right. there. There's, they repeat themselves so much. And the first 30 minutes of the movie, it's basically just like space terms. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like yeah, a lot, a lot of jargon, jargon. Yeah. just uh, 25,000 knots mm-hmm. degrees left on alpha, blah, blah, blah. Yes, Captain. We must, you know, it's just like the most wannabe Star Trek-y sci-fi mm-hmm. jargon stuff that they just throw out there and be like, look how smart and sci-fi this movie is. Like before they even right. get to the Earth. It's just really cringy, yeah. bad, wannabe sci-fi, really. Like well, if they just yeah, say the jargon and- that it makes it smart sci-fi. That Right. And by, by the way, sci-fi is not, I mean, that's that's not an easy... Right genre to, really to pull off. like the 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 success rate on 
high budget sci-fi movies that aren't related to a superhero is not that high. I mean, even the Star Trek movies, this, this last batch that was pretty well received. I, I mean, I love those movies. I think they're really good. Like they didn't make a lot of money and it's not, and that's a, a, a very well established property. I think I, I mean, you, there are outliers, obviously. I mean, besides star Wars, there are outliers, but, but if you're going to do sci-fi, you're usually better off doing a small to mid budget thing than a huge budgeted thing. It's just, it's an odd it's an odd assumption that they absolutely that that Will Smith absolutely had. Like I said, I mean, they, they, he he really believes like this is this is going to be a huge franchise. And then you do the thing where you build you build a movie that is more specifically designed to launch a franchise than it is to be a movie. And I hate that. Like that the assumption that you're going to get a franchise out of this is a, is a bad one. It's just it's and that has been proven time and time again that. You should not do that. You should always make that first movie the best it can possibly be and then hope that, you know, you can leave, leave storylines open or whatever that you're going to come back and do a sequel or a franchise or whatever. But when you build in such a way from a from an original property, it's, it's just it's a really bad idea. Um, and this, you know, this shows a, that that shows over and over again. And this is a great example of it. Yeah. What do you think about the little air filter inhaler things that he has to <laughs> has to do the whole time it's it's uh it's not good (laughs) and the thing that that was funny to me normally i'm not like this with sci-fi like normally i'm all in like i can buy almost anything but when he's like when Jaden gets off the uh the crashed vehicle and goes onto the earth for the first time and will's like do you do you feel any different he's like Yes, I feel a lot heavier. It's like, that is correct. The gravitational pull on Earth is different from our planet. It's like, then why hasn't your species evolved in a thousand years? Why are you shaped and act the exact same as humans? Like, humans' are, bodies are made for the gravitational pull of our planet, right? Isn't that, isn't that correct? Like, that's why aliens are all different shapes and sizes, because the gravity on their planets is different and, and their bodies are adapted to to compensate for that you know i i just thought that was like a a throw in just to say look how smart we are because we realize the gravitation should be different like does it matter at all like how is he able to run around and do all this stuff if he's not used to the gravity i didn't i didn't understand that and it just seemed like a throw in that was again just trying to be smarter than it actually is (laughs) it's like no nobody's Mm -hmm. dumb enough to think that that's actually, I don't know, something that should be believed or, or trusted. You know, it's almost like somebody got this first version of the screenplay and gave some notes. It's like, Hey, more science stuff, throw some more space terms in there. And gravity was one of the things that they did. And I mean, the, the convenience of having, Oh, you've got a camera on the front. You've got a, uh, a communications device and Will is just going to be in the ship, just chilling and guiding you through this whole thing, because just solely because we as an audience can't get by having to watch Jaden Smith journey through the jungle by himself for an hour, right? <laughs> like we want Will Smith in this movie, and instead of making a screenplay where they both go through the jungle together as father and son and battle these creatures or whatever it is, they decided to have him with a broken leg. Which 
was only part of the movie, by the way. It's not like Will actually broke his leg in real life. It's like, oh, crap, we've got to get this movie out, so let's write this into the screenplay somehow, you know? Like like oftentimes happens, like in Star Wars where Mark Hamill gets in a car wreck between movies, and they're like, okay, well, the first scene of uh, Empire Strikes Back, he's going to get hit by a wampa in the face, and then he's going to have a scar the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Boom. You know? And <laughs> so uh, it, it's so funny to me that... Will is in this movie, but he's just literally sitting emotionless for the entire time where, I mean, maybe you could have had a version of this, like I said, that's that's them two on an adventure together. And maybe that would have worked better. Who knows? Probably not, though. I mean, it couldn't be worse. Um, I mean, seriously, though. <laughs> maybe it could. I mean, you, you can tell... You can tell this didn't generate as a sci-fi movie, too, that it started as this, like, pretty pretty generic father-son survival story. Like, that's the outline of, of, of the show, of the movie, excuse me, is that it started as a, they're, you know, a father and son are in a car accident and fall out over a, you know, into a ravine or something, and the son has to climb out and try to find. And that would be, when you have that background in your head, it's like, well, yeah, and then they just kind of structured this garbage, jargony, sci-fi bit around it, and it that seems like pretty exactly what happened you know i mean it's it's a Mm -hmm. it's a tough i don't know yeah you're right like what's the point of beyond will smith's aspirations of of trying to leave a legacy for his son and get his son's acting career going and stuff like there's no point in having will smith and paying whatever you pay will smith for him to sit in a crashed spaceship trying not to take Vicodin for two hours. I mean, that's, that's what his entire, and, and speaking in the worst dialect ever. I mean, it's a, it's just, it's pretty mind boggling. Pretty mind. It is, man. <laughs> yeah. It's actually amazing. <laughs> it's, it's really amazing. Um, there's a pretty cringeworthy scene where he's like, can you blink your eyes? You must please blink your eyes, son. I need to see you blink. There's some really bad back and forth between them. And for this to be like a thousand years from Earth, all the animals have adapted to kill humans. Like all we get is a giant bird and and a big lion until the last scene. And then we get this crazy, I don't even know, Starship Troopers bug kind of creature. I, I feel like there should have been more of a effort to make some interesting creatures in this. And... He's fighting like insane monsters the whole time and there's disease and there's all this kind of stuff that's out to get him. But it's like, this place is like safer than Skull Island. Like, let's be honest, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like it's a big, what a big parrot and some baboons. Like I got this. This is cool. I got this thing. I've got a, I've got a sword with two blades. I can do this. It, It was not very imaginative in, in how earth has evolved and, like the danger of it all did not seem very dangerous mm-hmm. in my opinion. The more danger thing was like, Oh, he's going to stop breathing. That was the danger of the movie. Yeah, I totally agree. There's just, again, it's just, there's not a lot of, there's not enough thought put into creating a world as much as mm. creating a, a multi-billion dollar fun ship ride so that my son can be a, a movie star. I mean, yeah, I, you know. there's one fun sequence though, that I kind of liked from a visual perspective was when he, jumps off the cliff and has like the wingsuit thing and he's like flying around and then the bird comes and then he's like battling the bird. I thought that was a cool 
from a visual perspective, a really cool uh, sequence. Like if I saw just that in the trailer, I'd be like, oh, that could be, could be pretty dope. But um, no. So <laughs> I'll get to my dramatic reading now for a little more background on After Earth. This is from The Big Picture by Ben Fritz, if you want to read this book. It's uh, got a lot of insight on Sony and Disney and, and some of the industry type stuff. So uh, this is, I guess, I don't know the name of this chapter, but uh, that's okay. This is The Big Picture. It says, uh, Greenland with a budget of $210 million, Men in Black 3 ended up costing $250 million and barely broke even. Smith was hardly deterred, though. He had something far bigger in his mind for his comeback. Aware that star vehicles were fading and talent needed to get involved in franchises, he and his colleagues at Overbrook, which is his production company, developed a project called 1000 AE. Working out of a war room filled with concept art, the team envisioned a story set a millennium after the late 21st century's destruction of Earth, which had been caused by environmental calamities. And that's another point, guys, that... I don't feel like they, they concentrated enough. I thought this would be way more preachy on the um, we need to be better to Earth because we could destroy it and this is what could happen. So I'm actually relieved that there wasn't some huge <laughs> preachy thing about that. But um, that's where I thought this was going when the opening kind of prologue thing came in. But uh, luckily we didn't get that. Back to the big picture. Not just a science fiction franchise meant to reflect contemporary concerns. A thousand AEs would be a, quote, Transmedia universe, unquote, featuring storytelling on every platform. To flesh out that universe, Will Smith worked with a team of writers to create a 294-page Bible. It provided details more than a thousand years of history told across multiple families, planets, and arcs, which had, de- which had departed Earth with humanity's survivors. As Overbrook's not-too-modest pitch documented and described it, Quote, each generation discovers a world that connects them on a visceral and emotional level. Their appetite for revisiting that world is endless as they grow older, and the attraction continues to grow stronger. Star Trek, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter have all reached such stature, and now they are being joined by 1000 AE. <laughs> Unquote. The document detailed plans for not only the movie and its sequel, but also a live-action television show an animated series, webisodes, mobile webisodes, a video game, consumer products, theme park attractions, documentaries, comic books, and, quote, in-school education program in partnership with NASA, unquote, and, quote, cologne, perfume, toiletries, etc. That part has taken off. Fans... <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> the afterbirth cologne scent is my favorite. It's actually called that. Um, here, this is more fans would become so engaged in 1000 AE's universe, according to Overbrook, that it could become the center of their online lives. Quote, since there is so, (laughs) since there is no telling what will become of their Facebook model over the next three and five years, the pitch documented, it is also essential to create a standalone AE branded social network. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just classic rich person not having any mm-hmm. touch with it happens. But it happened bad with Smith. You know, you get removed from society for so long and he uh I don't think he understood how, how those things work. <laughs> I you guys are on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on mm-hmm. AE. 
Uh, mm. AE social. That's why I'm only on the After Earth branded. <laughs> I wake up, I put on my After Earth cologne, <laughs> and I get on After Earth online.com and then watch after earth documentaries. And then I study my, uh, after earth in school education program. And that's pretty much my life now. I like the Live idea that I like the idea that the after earth interface is like how AOL yeah. used to be. Where you had to yeah. log in. You had to log into AOL to be able either. were no web browsers. You had to go to AOL and then just find what they gave you. That's how after earth works. It's, yes. It's perfect. <laughs> A little more on this and, uh, and I'll wrap it up. Sony executives have mixed opinions on the commercial potential of this concept, but they needed franchises and they believed in Will Smith. And, and uh, just to rewind a bit, Sony's entire business model was based on movie stars mm-hmm. back then. Now, they had Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they were struggling with Spider-Man. They couldn't figure out what to do with Spider-Man. So their entire business model was, we have Will Smith and we have Will Ferrell. And that's, <laughs> that's it. We're going to make movies with those two. Mm-hmm. And for a while, that worked really well. Yeah. And so and they were Purdue. A desperate for a franchise <laughs> and B desperate for something for Will Smith. So so the stars aligned, so to speak, uh, with this and and they made it. And it says the biggest concern for Pascal, Amy Pascal, who was the head of Sony Pictures at the time, and others was how much Will Smith the movie would have. Envisioned as a father-son adventure story, the script in some versions focused entirely on a young character played by the star's son Jaden. But naturally, Sony wanted its biggest action star to be on screen as much as possible. Ultimately, Will Smith appeared in the movie, but spent most of it disabled in a spaceship that had crashed on the devastated Earth. He gives advice over a communicator who's actually engaged in adventure. Executives also weren't thrilled with Smith's choice for director M. Night Shyamalan, whose once-hot career had cooled with Lady in the Water, The Happening, and The Last Airbender, all in a row. (laughs) As they I think put- in my head, sorry, I, I think in my head I, I had this maybe pre-happening or at least pre-Last Airbender and not like this was the fourth movie. Well, his, the, the, scary, his last you know? three were those three. Yeah. Oh my gosh. As they put it's together marketing so plans for the May 2013 release, eventually titled After Earth, Sony executives realized their best bet was a con job to the audience. Quote, please conceal Will Smith's injury, unquote, read a set of marketing rules that the studio had devised for the film. And, quote, he's the star that everybody's looking forward to seeing, and it's best for the moviegoers to assume that he's part of the action. It'll be disappointing for the audience to discover that he spends the majority of this film stuck on a ship. And also, the document added, M. Night Shyamalan can be polarizing and should be downplayed everywhere possible. And then it goes on to say, after Earth... Grossed only sixty million dollars domestically, with one hundred eighty-three million dollars internationally, and ultimately lost t- more than twenty-five million dollars for the studio. So, but other than that, other than that, though, I mean, okay. it was worth the three hundred-page Bible to detail the thousands of years of history with all these planets. I mean, that is, you're right, Brian. I mean, that's just classic this is going to be something big instead of, Hey, let's make one movie good. Let's not overthink this. If that's good, then we can flesh this thing out into something bigger. But I mean, the $200 million gamble on something that they knew at the outset, you could tell wasn't going to work. Want to be in the um, blank business is the uh, famous last words. Right. Totally. I'm actually disappointed that after earth social network didn't happen because gosh, I would love to troll people on that thing. (laughs) 
we don't know what Facebook's going to be in 2016. I mean, most people will be on After Earth social media by then. I mean, come on. Yeah, you're right. Maybe. Maybe so. Well, man, this is this was torturous. This was bad. This is not the worst movie we've talked about, though. Battlefield Earth is better. than I mean, uh, worse than this. Yeah. Way worse than this. Yeah. Uh, this is just misguided. You're right. I, I think maybe with a competent script and competent director, maybe competent vision, a movie about the Earth in the future could could work. I was expecting an M. Night Shyamalan twist on this, though, to be honest with you. I was expecting, like, oh, this is a simulation, or oh, this is actually in the past, something like that, but it never never occurred. I was kind of disappointed with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely room in here to do, to cut out about half the movie and do more actual storytelling if they had any interest in doing that. It's just, you know, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of ego. We we've we've stated it plenty of times. It's just a lot of ego and a lot of of just really bad decisions all mixed together into just a confoundingly awful movie that just doesn't have just really doesn't have any 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 right to be even half as bad as it is. It's just everything went wrong and 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 by wrong everybody they they the people involved continually made the wrong choices over and over and over. Again. I didn't know why the first scene was like the plane crash. Because then they rewind and they show it again. Like I would have, there would have been more tension if I didn't know the plane crashes and they're just like chilling on this ship and oh my god, it's crashing, you know? Yeah, it's bad. just it's bad giving away poorly the, edited <laughs> and poor, poor storytelling and you know. Kudos to M Night though for for kind of owning like yeah, I it was bad. I didn't want to do it and I shouldn't have done it, but I wanted to work with Will Smith and the money and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, this is bad. what it took it's, for him to get back on the right track though, which is great. To mm-hmm. realize, hey, I can make these small five to fifteen million dollar movies and do what I like and kind of be weird and people will like that again. So that's good. All for all for something. All right. Let's grade this but let's grade this puppy out. Um this gets an F minus 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 for me. It's not as bad as, as Battlefield Earth, but it's <laughs> it's not good at all. I can't I can't give it anything less than an F. So yeah, fail. Brian? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'll give it just a straight F. It's definitely better than several of the movies that we've seen in this stretch, I would say, but, but you can't, <laughs> you can't really compare it to Battlefield Earth. You just, it's, it's such a, such a poor, poorly made movie on, 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 on every level. The only, like I said, last thing I'll say, the only thing I will give it is that it at least, has a concept and idea that I think is like a doable, like, oh, okay, that makes some sense. Whereas the movie that you guys talked about last week that I didn't get to with Theodore Rex is one of the more confounding, like what was anybody involved with this thinking kind of experiences yeah. that I've ever seen in a movie. So this seems just downright competent from an idea standpoint comparatively. Yeah. Richard. Uh, yeah, I gotta go. I'm going to go just straight up F on this one. Yeah. Oh wow! Just to make you love this one. Yeah, I love it, and uh, it's just because I'm gonna. I want to bump its grade up despite you, since I had to see it eight years ago or whatever. But <laughs> I was. I think maybe just because I remembered it being worse than it was. I mean, it's terrible. But when I rewatched it, uh, it was surprisingly better than I thought. Meaning, just mm. an F, two and F minus. But I won't go patent it because I don't want to pay you the fee because you made me. See this yeah, twice. I do. I, I am very strict about you actually paying mm-hmm. up to send Venmo requests afterward. 
Well, this has been After Earth. This is bad, guys. I don't know where we're going to go from here, to be honest. We've got a lot of directions. We could go uh, this Capone movie, maybe a little gaudy action. Maybe we do uh, some Godzilla 1998. Who knows? Uh-huh. Maybe Dungeons yeah. & Dragons. We've got a lot of options left on the Bad Movie Marathon. And um, it's continuing here until we've got new movies coming out in theaters, which might not be for a couple more weeks at least. So we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully soon we can come back and talk some good movies. But until then, we'll try and keep you entertained with some bad ones. Thank you for listening. If you want to be a VIP and join our Discord and keep talking about this, we really enjoy interacting with you. And the best place to do that is on the Discord. So go head on over to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Sign up there. Get it. You know, almost a hundred or more bonus episodes on that feed that you can immediately download, and then weekly bonus episodes, the Discord, AMAs, all that kind of stuff on there. It's been a really fun time interacting with those people. So shout out as always to our VIPs. Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter Beagle Twelve. You can find my writing at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? Find me on all the social at Richard Barton. Find me on all the social at Kent Garrison as well. Find our show, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on social at madaboutmovies. Until next time, hopefully we'll see you soon watching a good movie at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.